Hello and welcome to My First Time at Yoga, the podcast dedicated to telling the stories of yogis from all walks of life about their very first time going to yoga, how yoga impacts their life, and how they make a difference in the world because of yoga. I'm your host, Lisa Simchison, and today's episode is amazing. I get to speak with Amber Carnes from Body Positive Yoga. So without further ado, let's just dive right in. Hello and welcome. Today I have the privilege of speaking with Amber Carnes, founder of Body Positive Yoga. She is a ruckus maker, a yoga asana teacher, intersectional social justice activist, and a lifelong student of her body. Her commitment to inclusive adaptive yoga practice empowers thousands of diverse practitioners around the globe. Amber is a contributor to Yoga International and serves on the Yoga and Body Image Coalition. Through her workshops, retreats, and online yoga and wellness offerings, she speaks to further the message of inclusivity, consent, agency, body positivity, and accessibility for all on and off the yoga mat. And she blogs at bodypositiveyoga.com, and I'll make sure all of the links are included with the show notes when it's uploaded in a few weeks. So... Woo, that's amazing. Welcome, Amber. Thank you so much for joining me. Your bio Thanks for having me. You're welcome. This is amazing. <laughs> Your work is truly inspirational and amazing. I've been, you know, Instagram stalking and Facebook stalking you for feels like forever. <laughs> so it's so great to actually get to speak with you. So basically, we're going to jump right in. And yeah, I want you to tell me all about your first experiences with yoga and maybe going to studio classes, kind of how, how you found yoga, all the good stuff. Okay. So um, thanks for having me here. I'm excited to do this. Uh, so the first time that I ever really, um, so I had heard of yoga, but I never did it. And the first time I went was because um, I was in my early 20s and I was like on this big weight loss project and the trainer at my gym was like, you should do yoga on your rest day because it doesn't count as exercise, but you'll burn calories. (laughs) And I was like, okay, cool. That's what I'll do. So I went to um, a studio and I, I didn't think that fat people did yoga. Um, but I was like, okay, I'll try this because that's what my trainer said to do. And of course I wanted to, uh, finish this weight loss, uh, thing as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And so, (laughs) so I went to the studio and sure enough, I was the only, uh, big person in the room. And I really don't remember much about what we did in that first class, but what I do remember was, um, leaving the studio and going and getting my car and driving down the road, getting on the interstate and about like 10 minutes into my trip home, uh, I knew that my uh, soundtrack started back up. Maybe you have one of these mm-hmm. two that tells you what a dummy you are and how fat and ugly you are and mm-hmm. all those self-judgment, <laughs> shame things that, you know, this little voice says to you. And I realized that uh, if it started back up, then that meant it had stopped even for a few minutes. And that was new. I was like, whoa, that's interesting. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if it was because of the class. Maybe we can repeat this experiment. Mm. So I decided to go back. And sure enough, like I noticed that after 
the class and, you know, during the class too, like my mind would become quiet and it didn't mean that I didn't have, you know, any thoughts or whatever, but it really did. I like to describe it as like, it kind of took me down a frequency, you know, yes. as far as the, the mental chatter goes and the, the sort of shame spiral, you know, that I would often find myself in. And so the internal regulation tools that yoga provided were really powerful for me. So like, I like the physical practice too. And, you know, I've always been pretty strong and flexible no matter what body I'm in. And so, um, you know, I, t I took to that and that was fun, but there was also, um, for me, the more powerful uh, parts of it were, you know, the mindfulness, the, the breath work, the sort of quiet that I would feel um, after uh, practicing. And, you know, I couldn't really have articulated it at the time, but now I know that it was because I was really in my body for the first mm -hmm. time since I was like probably a little kid. Um, mm -hmm. And that practice of embodied movement um, really was uh, life-changing for me. Um, it really began, I guess, the journey of, um, you know, self-acceptance and, and kind of finding um, communities that were uh, body positive and, you know, now like radical <laughs> fat acceptance and things like that, that, you know, I never probably would have sought out on my own. Mm. Um, but because I had started to feel uh, strong and powerful in my body and actually be able to like appreciate some things about my body rather than always just being like at war with it. Mm. Um, that, was, that was a big shift for me. So, um, and you know, I found that same thing with weightlifting, like these sort of, uh, things that require this mind body connection and like a real awareness of movement have really been powerful for me. And, and, you know, a lot of the students I have and friends, um, I know that have been through similar situations. Um, they've found those same things with yoga and, um, really that, that just the practice of being in our bodies for, you know, 20 minutes, an hour, whenever we're mm -hmm. practicing is, is a very powerful thing. So, yeah. <laughs> so true. I always tell my students when they're, you know, that we go through our life mostly from the neck up and yoga is the chance to go yeah. from neck down, right. To really reconnect mm -hmm. to our bodies. It's so, it's so amazing. Oh, that's, Great. I love your story. And I totally resonate with going to, um, to yoga to like help lose weight. Cause that's how yeah. I actually found yoga. And so that mm -hmm. makes, when you were saying that I was just nodding my head in total agreement because I found yoga for the same reasons and then found similar reasons why that wasn't important to me anymore as much as it had been. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. And it's funny that like, you know, I came to yoga through, you know, trying to do intentional weight loss. And now I'm, you know, very, I try to help folks, you know, find hope in the fact that like, you can like live a really great, full, awesome, kick-ass life in a fat body. And you can significantly do things to improve your health that don't involve losing weight. And so like, I think that's a pretty cool thing and a pretty hopeful message, but I do think it's kind of funny that like the way that I came to yoga was through kind of the opposite of that. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But, but I think it, yeah. I think it matters because 
so many people do hit their yoga mats, right? They do go to yoga with the intention of getting that quote unquote yoga body. And so knowing that people have done the same thing and then come out and have these big realizations that, yeah, you can live a full, wonderful, beautiful, kick-ass life in the body you already have without having to strive to make changes. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the teacher that you first, of the classes that you first were going to. How did they embrace you into their community that's a yeah that's a really good point so actually like I wouldn't say that I had great experiences in yoga probably for the first two or three years that I practiced um a lot of times I would go into class and the teacher would ignore me um or single me out because I was you know in a different type of body like you know coming over like here, honey, you could really use the block. Like, let me give Mm -hmm. you this block. And then like, of course, the entire class turns around and looks. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I definitely didn't have, um, like an affirming, uh, my, like I wasn't affirmed. I didn't feel like I was seen, um, through the, through the first couple of years that I practiced, I was really determined to make it work because I was getting such a big benefit out of it. And I felt so good um, after I would practice. So I kept going back. And then a few years in, I met one of my teachers and one of my really good friends, uh, Lisa Von Meer. And she was the first teacher that seemed to really understand like what my body was about and what was going on. And she taught me, you know, I had kind of intuitively figured out a lot of modifications because I would just, you know, move my body out of the way or figure out like, okay, this isn't happening. We're going to try it a different way. But at that time, you know, there wasn't anyone posting stuff online and like mm-hmm. this was 14 years ago or something. So that was, you know, there was no Googling like how to twist when you have a belly or something, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, finding her was really great because she knew how to use props. She'd done a lot of different kinds of training and she really, I think um, she's one of the most, um, one of the people I've ever met that has this sort of intuitive understanding of bodies and what's Mm. going on um, when she sees a body in front of her. And so um, it was really wonderful to be able to be part of her classes, which were mostly full of athletes. So that was, you know, Mm -hmm. um, different kind of experience, but I still was able to, you know, practice with her. And she really has a passion also for teaching beginners and her beginner classes are full of like all different kinds of people. And, um, I really became, you know, I think a better teacher of beginners because I practiced with her so much. Um, and you know, I think we leave yoga teacher training, uh, knowing how to teach other yoga teachers Mm. (laughs) who are like usually intermediate, thin, young, able-bodied students. And so, we don't really get that education in diverse bodies in beginners and um, things like that. So it was really good to, to be able to be exposed to a teacher like that. I feel, I feel real lucky about that. Um, And, you know, probably I think about seven years into my practice, I um, talked to her and I was like, you know, I know there's more to this yoga thing than just the the physical postures. And like, I really want to sort of learn more and make my own practice more, um, 
I guess like holistic. And, mm-hmm. um, I was like, do you think I should do teacher training? And she was like, well, that is really like the best way to do that. Like, unless you want to piece together like your own curriculum with workshops. So I signed up, um, for teacher training, not at all intending to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so about halfway through, um, I really, it really became apparent to me that everyone else in the training was really having a very different experience than I was. Um, I was the only fat person in the training mm-hmm. and, um, and most of the people in there were, you know, very fit and, you know, stereotypically fit uh, mm-hmm. yoga body quote, yeah. people. And so um, when we would practice teaching, you know, the one person would be teaching and then afterward we would have to give feedback And I always had feedback like, well, I just want to let you know that like when you cue this, like my body doesn't make that shape and here's what's happening. And I was very comfortable like being candid about like my belly's Mm -hmm. running into my thighs so I can't step forward, you know. And so like, um, and my teacher was very good about, you know, encouraging me to share because, um, you know, folks need to like understand like people are going to show up to their class that aren't, you know that don't look exactly like them. And so mm-hmm. um, I realized after some reflection that um, when I went to those first classes, when I spent two or three years going to classes and sort of stumbling my way through and feeling uncomfortable at times and feeling ignored and not ever really feeling seen, I realized that, you know, I kept coming back because I had a very good compelling reason to do so you know I was getting a huge benefit Mm -hmm. as far as my depression and anxiety went it was really helping me to manage things but I realized that most people wouldn't do that they would Mm -hmm. come into that first class and they would be ignored by the teacher they'd be struggling through say a sun salutation look around everybody else is able to do this the teacher's Mm -hmm. not saying anything so I must just be a loser my body is wrong I don't belong here And they would never assume the truth, which is that the teacher doesn't have the tools to teach them Mm -hmm. or hasn't sought out that knowledge or doesn't know how to work with their body. And they're ignoring you out of fear. They're not ignoring you because they hate you or your body's wrong or you don't belong there. This is their fault, (laughs) Mm -hmm. whether it's malicious or not. And so I realized that like, if I could share what I had to share and prevent people from having that sort of experience and really make them feel affirmed and seen and give them the tools to be able to um, have this practice that had given me so many gifts. Then I was like, well, I got to try that out. So yeah. that, that's when I just start teaching and uh, yeah. So amazing. Rest, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking when you were telling your story actually is like how you kept going because I know even for me, I didn't keep going. Like I went once and first it took me 10 tries just to walk in the studio door. And then I went and I went home and I felt terrible. I didn't have that feeling of um, peace or calm. Like I, the whole time my anxiety was freaking out and I went home and thought I'm never going back there again. And you know, that teacher didn't, didn't ask me if I needed any help. She didn't offer any modifications. And I mean, I went to a hot power yoga class, so I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah. Anyway, so the <laughs> fact that you continue to go is so 
amazing because you're absolutely right. I think when you say that people would have walked into that class, done it, and, and decided then and there that yoga wasn't for them and they would never do it again. So yep. the fact that you kept going and now that you teach, it's just so amazing. It's so great. Thanks. So I mean, you know, I, I have to like, you know, thank my mom for like raising me to be kind of a brave person in mm. general and not really, you know, like she didn't raise a shrinking violet and I'm like, I'm louder than everyone. And I, <laughs> you know, speak my mind. And, and I think like, I, as I, I never really thought about it growing up, but now that I'm in my mid thirties, like I see how other, you know, um, how other women, especially like, you know, the patriarchy affects us mm -hmm. all and they defer and they keep their mouth shut and all that. And like, I feel like my mom really <laughs> did raise me to be a feminist, even though I don't know that she would have used that word back then. Mm. Um, so I, you know, I thank her for my like bravery, I guess, if that's the right word, but I've always sort of like taken up a lot of space and well, not always, I guess when I was in my teens and I had like the worst of the body image issue mm. stuff, I, I didn't really feel like that, like, well, I'm here, deal with it, which is kind of like what I would say was my attitude probably in when I walked into that yoga studio. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've always, you know, uh, since my early 20s, like I, um, I became comfortable in fitness spaces because I was there a lot, um, nice. you know, at the gym or whatever. And so to me, like I didn't know enough about yoga to be intimidated as much. I, I just like, it wasn't really on my radar to that degree. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, like you can escape yoga marketing, it's everywhere and it's very prevalent and like you can be watching a Swiffer commercial and there's a freaking yoga person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, but back then I didn't have this image of like, uh, the, you know, rich white thing, yeah. young blonde person wearing a hundred dollar yoga pants. Like I kind of vaguely was like, I don't think fat people do this, but it wasn't, it wasn't that, uh, very clear message, which, you know, capitalist yoga has sent to mm -hmm. folks, which is like, this is not a space for most of you. Mm -hmm. So maybe it was a combination of those things, <laughs> but yes. I'm glad that I did keep going back. You know, now it's, it's really, uh, become such a huge part of my life. So, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about, um, you did mention a little bit about how yoga helps with your anxiety and your depression. So just tell me a little bit more about how you found yoga has and still does impact your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was a big part of it. And, you know, it still is. I think um, I, I've definitely struggled with depression since my teen years and at different parts of my life, anxiety too. It's kind of a situational thing for me. Mm. Um, and for me, really uh, dropping into my body and getting present and being in the moment and really breath um, to a huge degree mm -hmm. are tools that are very effective for me to, um, to really kind of come back home to myself and not get wrapped up in the past or the future worry or whatever it is that's causing uh, that uh, suffering at the moment. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, for me, it was really important for those things. Um, and also, I mean, 
now I've, I think, you know, yoga was my gateway into self-acceptance and fat acceptance and body peace and all that stuff. So really it brought me into a more, much more aware place as a woman, Mm -hmm. as a feminist and, you know, as somebody that's really interested in equality and, and access. And so I definitely have it to thank for that. And now like I get to do that work and like incorporate yoga into it as, you know, one of the tools that, um, is so important to, to those things, you know, that I really believe in. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I see yoga as a, an incredible tool, uh, where we, especially as women can learn to take some of our power back because I think it gets taken away from us so much and we end up giving a lot of it away as well. Mm -hmm. And if we can learn to take our practice into our own hands and really be our own best teacher and be in our bodies and be present and not hide, um, we can take those skills off the yoga mat too, into our relationships, into the world, into our careers and, you know, really be empowered to, to be who we really are, which is, you know, sometimes we find that in yoga, that moment of peace or that moment of, you know, feeling good in our bodies and like, that's who we really are. Mm -hmm. And we don't get to experience that so much. Um, But I've found that this practice is, is sort of a shortcut. So (laughs) yeah, it's been great to share that with people and to have that for myself. So yeah. Yeah. So great. So tell me um, a little bit about, or a lot a bit about your work in the world. Tell me more about what you do and how you bring those feelings and how you make those connections in the world. Yeah, sure. So, um, so I've been teaching since 2011, um, sometimes more, sometimes less, um, but I quit my full-time job um, in digital marketing back in January, and I've been sort of doing body positive yoga full-time since then, which is both scary and exhilarating, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it feels great to be able to kind of get up every day and really work on things that I believe in. And I, I do feel like I'm helping people, um, because they tell me so. And, and that, that really, it gives me purpose and I, it feels really good, um, to be able to, to see like those changes in people and have them, you know, have these revelations. Cause I know how good that feels. It's mm-hmm. happened to me too. Um, and so, yeah, so now, um, what that kind of looks like is I, I do a lot of workshops, um, all over the place. I have, um, I've got a whole fall tour <laughs> happening in October and November where I'm going to be on the road for about a month. And wow. um, so I'll be going all around the Midwest, Midwestern U S, um, in Ohio and Minnesota and Illinois. Um, Missouri, uh, West Virginia, maybe Kentucky. So like a lot of, a lot of places. And then um, I'm now starting to line up stuff for next year. So I'm really excited about that. Um, And usually, you know, when I go, I, I, you know, I love uh, teaching workshops because for me, my mission is kind of twofold with body positive yoga. I want to, um, I really feel strongly about, um, access to wellness spaces for marginalized communities. And so that's something that I, 
talked to a lot of teachers and a lot of studio owners about, and mm. um, a lot of the the teacher training that I do is is bound up in that. And um, you know, you had Diane Bondi on your podcast. Diane mm-hmm. and I work together a good deal. We have an online uh, teacher training that talks a lot about that and about how um, studios and teachers can make their classes a uh, a truly welcoming environment for diverse people. So lots of times I will, you know, hear like, well, we're welcoming to everyone and we're Mm -hmm. doing everything we can. I just don't know why nobody shows up, but skinny white girls, like it's not (laughs) our fault. And I'm like, you know, so getting folks to kind of step back and look at some things that maybe because they've, you know, lived a privileged existence, they really haven't Mm -hmm. had to examine what are those barriers to access and what are the things that you're not seeing because you don't have to see it. You know, sometimes folks never considered that like, oh, my studio is up two flights of stairs. That bars a whole bunch of people Mm -hmm. from even ever being able to set foot in the door, much less like, find a class that actually works for them, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it can come down is, is very, complex. sorry, I was just going to say, I know for me, one of the things that can come down to something as simple as your advertising, right? The photos that you're yep. putting out on your social media, the photos that people see when you create an event, right? Those things, if people don't see themselves represented in those things, they're going to automatically assume that they are not welcome in your space. I believe that's what I believe for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, that's one of the reasons why, like I, when I first started, um, blogging, you know, there were, I think two or three people, maybe four people online who were, you know, posting kind of doing this type of work. Diane Bondi was there. Curvy yoga had been online Mm -hmm. for like a year. Uh, Abby Lentz had a presence. So there was a few things, but like I couldn't go on Instagram and search plus size yoga or curvy yoga. There, mm-hmm. there was no Instagram, but still like you couldn't Google these things and find pictures. I had never seen a body like mine doing these things. Mm-hmm. And so like, it was very important to me to start like putting images like that up right away because I know that, you know, representation is very important. Like if we don't see ourselves reflected in a community or in a space, that is the most primal signal to us as human beings that we don't belong. Mm -hmm. Is like, if I don't see somebody who looks like me, that means I'm not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you, if you walk into a room full of, you know, thin white women and you're a big woman with brown skin, it's like one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. <laughs> that little, like, Sesame Street yeah. Song. And it's like, immediately you're like, oh, whoops, I'm in the wrong place. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, I think that is so important for like, if you're, you know, if you're a studio owner or a teacher and you're listening please like share images of your students. Um, Don't use stock photos, Mm -hmm. like use pictures of people who come and, and, you know, surround yourself with people who aren't like you, like start Mm -hmm. up conversations and and get to know people, invite them to your home. Like you have to Mm -hmm. be willing to go outside your comfort zone sometimes. And the reason that you're saying like, oh, our classes are welcoming, but nobody, but they just don't come. Like, what are we supposed to do? Like advertise yoga to people who don't care about yoga. 
it's not that they don't care about yoga. It's that you are sending out signals that this is not a space for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I think it's important that we step back and um, examine, like, what am I not seeing because I don't have to see it? And Mm -hmm. that's what, you know, privilege is, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have to think about these things because they don't affect me. And, you know, if your mission is to fill up 90-minute hot vinyasa classes and charge 25 bucks for everybody to come (laughs) and make money, then, okay, cool, you've clarified that. But Mm -hmm. if your mission truly is to make your, your studio or your space a place that all are welcome and that different kinds of people from every walk of life can access what you're putting out there, then you've got some work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of times this work is uncomfortable. You know, we run into, we all have biases. We all mm-hmm. have them and it doesn't make us evil. It just means that when we feel that discomfort, when somebody takes us to task for something that we did or said that was problematic, when we get that little, twinge inside of us that wants to defend immediately, um, that's a signal to me uh, that there's work to be done and there's some Mm -hmm. self-study and some growth that can happen there. And I think it's an opportunity. You know, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us are are doing this type of work, this wellness work, because we want to help people. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we want to help people and if we want to really love bigger, like then we have to expand uh, who we are and, and sort of like lean into those uncomfortable places and, and explore that. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I say all that, I, <laughs> I say all that to say like, this is the kind of stuff that we talk about in, in the teacher workshops that I do. Mm-hmm. And it's really powerful to me because I then am able to like sort of take what my mission is as a teacher to like give everybody that experience where they feel seen and affirmed and they are able to make the practice work for them. And now if I can teach teachers to do that, then I can like scale mm-hmm. <laughs> myself um, and, and really get that practice out everywhere. You know, I'm just one person, so I can't teach every class in the world. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so like if we can empower teachers to go out and, and make some of that happen, then, then that's pretty cool. So, and then I, I work with students as well. Like I really, I really believe that no matter what type of body you're in, um, you know, your money is worth the same mat space Mm. as anybody else. And while I think that intentionally created spaces for certain populations like curvy yoga or brown girls yoga or whatever are totally legit. And those are very affirming and, you know, wonderful spaces for the folks that want to participate. I also want everybody to be able to have the tools that they need to take their practice into any class. Mm -hmm. And even if they, what they're doing doesn't look like what the teacher is cueing or what the other people are doing, they know how to like take care of themselves, take their practice into their own hands and like really be their own best teacher and, and participate in the way that they want to. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I get to, I get to work with a lot of folks and teach, um, asana modifications and how to use props. And I'm sure you, (laughs) I'm sure you've been in a class where teachers like, if you need to use block and like, that's all the information you get. (laughs) (laughs) it's like what am I to do with said block yeah (laughs) so um so I really I like to educate um folks in how to to use that stuff and even if the teacher doesn't like tell you to get props you go get 
your stuff and you yeah. know what to do, even if they, and so, so yeah, I, I, um, I'm, I'm doing a lot of that kind of thing. I just moved to Richmond, Virginia. Um, so I don't have like local students here yet, but mm -hmm. I just booked some local workshops around self-acceptance and, um, yoga and, I have some people signing up, so that's exciting. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of really cool yoga stuff happening in Richmond. Um, there's a nonprofit here called Project Yoga Richmond, who um, they are a pay what you can studio, and they do pay what you can classes around town. And all the money goes to um, outreach programs. So they have things like yoga for trauma survivors and mm. yoga for kids with autism and things like that. Um, Awesome. And I think they have 60 some programs in the city um, that are funded by uh, the folks that come and practice with them. And so like, there's a lot of really cool community based things happening here that I'm super excited about and hope to get involved in. Um, awesome. Yeah. And then like the other exciting thing that I get to do is I take people on retreats all over the place. And I had three this year. Um, I probably will do four or five next year. And wow. actually retreat with me. I don't know when this is going online, but I just had a few cancellations for my California Ooh. one. So, Oh, California. <laughs> it's not even that far from, for me. Cause I'm all the way, I'm on the very West coast on an Island in Canada, but on the West coast. So I might be coming to see you actually. You're in, <gasps> you're in British Columbia, right? I am. Yes. Yes. I was talking, to someone about coming to Victoria next year. Ooh, yes. I am about so. an hour away from Victoria. <laughs> so we're going to have to to party together and yeah. um, and do some, do some yoga. yoga. That would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so great. I was actually going to ask if you had any plans. You were talking all about your Midwest. And I thought, oh, I wonder if you're going to come a little further west and hit up Vancouver. Yes. So I really want to, and I'm hoping that I can work something out. Um, I definitely am coming to Portland next year. Mm. So I would like to maybe try to loop that in with that trip. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, stay tuned for that. <laughs> I will for sure. Awesome. Well, that's it for this week on my first time at yoga. I'm your host Lisa Simchison and I am so glad that you joined us. Chatting with Amber was amazing. Thanks so much guys and I will chat with you again next week. Bye!